Welcome, everybody. It's my great pleasure to be here today speaking with Joshua Walski. Joshua is founder and chief technology officer of Broadway Technologies. Joshua and I got to know each other when a uh, mutual friend introduced us and said, hey, maybe Broadway and Joshua could use some coaching. And, and that was actually the start of a great working relationship and a friendship. And Joshua has been somebody who's been wonderful and astounding to work with over all those years. He just let me know that he's now on to the next stage of his career. But uh, Joshua, thank you so much for joining today. And I thought we'd start at the beginning. Tell us a little bit about Broadway. Why did you and Tyler start that? Give us sort of the origin story of Broadway. Yeah, well, first, thanks for having me. I'm definitely looking forward to having this conversation. Uh, starting back to the to the beginning, to the origin of Broadway. So Broadway was founded in, in 2003. Now, Tyler co-founder uh, and CEO of Broadway. And I had known each other for uh, about uh, five years at that point. We had actually had a prior, worked together at a prior job. Um, and then actually, as Tyler got involved working with an automated trading group, he had called me up to be, to implement some software for them. Uh, that software then in 2003, um, we had an opportunity to take that software commercialize it and build build a company. And Tyler and I both had always been engineers, been entrepreneurs, wanted to, to start a company. And this was kind of the opportunity to do it on a deal with, uh, at the time, Countrywide Securities. Uh, so we had a chance to take some software we were proud of and turn it into a commercial product and then build a company around it. Now, of course, at the time, we had no idea what we were about to get into. We knew we had software. We were, we were as I said, proud of it. Um, we knew we wanted to start a company. We had a potential customer. Uh, and we actually, I remember sitting around in, in the hallway at the time, and the decision came down to, did we think we could get one more customer? Because if we thought we could get one more customer, then we should go for it. Um, otherwise, we should kind of stick to our day jobs and, can, and, and continue with the original term. So we kind of looked at each other and said, yes. We think we can get one more customer. Let's go for it. So that was kind of the the um, the impetus and the origination of of the company. Um, now we had always thought about you know both building software a better way and building a company a better way, and had very idealistic uh, start. Um, wanted to try and do things differently. Wanted to take some of the learnings that we had in our first employment experience and apply those, but apply them in a better way. Um, to build an organization. So that's what we set out to do. And that was in, in 2003. I can just see you and Tyler sitting in that hall making that bet. That's such a great founder origin story. So you're working on that at the point you and I meet, you've been working on that 17 years or so, or probably more like 15. And then someone says, hey, you should think about a coach. What Had you had a coach before? Had you ever used a coach? Yeah. Uh, so, so none of that. And this is actually probably, probably a confession um, that Jeff, I don't think I ever, I told you when, when Tyler first mentioned the idea to me, the first thought that went through my head was how expensive is it? We don't need this. Nice. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I don't need any of this. We don't need any of this. What do I, we've gotten this far. Um, you know, as, as you said, it was, it was, you know, plus 15 years, we'd grown to, um, you know, upwards of 200 people at that point. We had major, um, banks as customers. We were running large deployments. And yeah, I had no experience with coaching. So um, based on that, I had a number of 
preconceptions. Um, and one of those preconceptions was, I don't know why we should spend money on this. I don't know how this is going to help. Um, yes, we have our struggles, but you know, how does this fit in? And uh, obviously, kind of looking back, I was very much on the wrong side of that. Um, and now I've turned 180 degrees and actually, uh, uh, you know, see all the things, you know, to, to talk about a big blind spot, um, to see all the things that I was completely unaware of. So what did you expect? So, so you get over that hesitance or Tyler talks you into it or, or whatever happens and we end up talking to each other. What did you expect from coaching? Yeah, so I think at the time, my expectations for coaching were, I did, I did not expect a coach to give me kind of concrete steps and things to think of and, and areas that I actually was not succeeding in, but thought I was. Um, I expected a coach um, more to be someone who was just reaffirming what I already believed. So that was my expectation. And obviously, one of the things that you know, ended up being very um, impactful from coaching was actually being approached with new perspectives, being approached with the ideas that you as the executive shouldn't be doing everything. And in fact, you're doing a lot of things you're not very good at, and you don't like them, but you're doing them anyway. Um, why are you doing that? It doesn't have to be that way. Here are tools to both figure out how things should be and then how to actually make it happen. Awesome. Yeah. One of the things I remember about our coaching is you are a person who um, is very smart and has very strong opinions, but I was surprised at how flexible you were on those opinions once we had a grounded, logical conversation. And one of those things was how much you were managing at sort of a tactical level, even though your organization had grown so very large and you would sort of put yourself as critical path on a lot of different processes. If you could recall anything specific or a specific instance where you're like, wow, I'm not helping myself here. I, you know, there was that experiment I like to run with clients and, and we ran where I talked about, you know, what happens if you don't show up tomorrow? What gets worse? What stays the same? And what gets better? And as we went through that, I, th I think you were surprised at the number of things you sort of discovered. You're like, this may get better if I didn't show up tomorrow. Do you recall anything like that or anything that sort of was an aha for you uh, during the coaching where you're like, yeah, I, I got I to gotta design this thing differently? Yes, yeah, so there, were, there were multiple ahas. And I think that that line of thinking was exactly what brought me to some of those moments. You know, what would get better? What would get worse? As well as understanding uh, the idea that, you know, there are certain things where I'm going to excel and I'm going to be, you know, a differentiating factor. Um, one of the interesting things about founding a company and being an executive, the people who get themselves in those positions have tremendous self-confidence. Some might call it overconfidence, um, but, but you have to have self-confidence and believe that you can achieve the impossible. Well, as the company grows and you start picking up these new responsibilities, you approach them with that same self-overconfidence and believe you are the best at them. Uh, until someone forces you to actually think and say, well, wait a second, you're doing all of these things. Are, you know, what would get better? What would get worse? Why are you doing that? Are you providing differential talent, capability, insight to that thing? Or are you just doing it the best of your ability, which may, may be good, but not great? Why don't you think about getting great there? So, so that perspective 
um, was uh, insightful and enlightening and freeing in a lot of ways. Um, and then looking through particular areas, you know, areas that um, for me uh, required scaling an organization of building consistent, repeatable processes. If you remember one of the, the founding, you know, tenants, you know, Todd and I both believe there's always a better way. Well, the interesting thing about a better way and someone who's constantly looking for a better way is they really don't like repeatable processes because every time they're making version 1.1 and version 1.2 and version 1.3 because they're constantly tweaking. Well, so that's, as an individual, how I would approach problems. When you're trying to scale an organization like a client services organization where you're going to have a lot of personnel who need to follow repeatable processes, you can't change the process each six months with a new iteration. That, that inhibits the growth of process. So looking at areas exactly like that, I said, well, while this works in software architecture, it's not working in this domain. How do I get myself out of this domain and actually find someone who is better at that than I am? So, so that was one key area. Client services, personnel management also. Um, uh, you know, realizing that in order to succeed as a manager, and this was something that, you know, Jeff, you taught me, right? A manager doesn't, a manager succeeds through the work of others. Um, in order to succeed through the work of others, you need to stop jumping in and doing things. And you also need to feel good about that and feel fulfilled through that. And that was not an area that was well aligned with where, you know, where I both got the, the greatest fulfillment from work and had the greatest impact. So finding ways where I could get myself out of that responsibility um, so that I could focus my time and effort to where I was making a differential impact. So those were kind of a couple of the aha moments. Ultimately, the big aha was stop trying to do everything. Yeah. Stop trying to do everything, figure out how to find areas for other people. And that was, was you know, as building a company and achieving successes by taking on more and more responsibility, it's, it's, it's almost like its own, you know, dopamine uh, 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 driven feedback cycle. You take on more, it succeeds, you try and do more, it succeeds, you try and do more, you try to do until a point at which past the point is breaking. You just don't realize it because you're now addicted. Yeah, I love that analogy. And and I just want to, from my perspective, one of the reasons that you were such a great coachee, you were such a great coaching client, is you, you had sort of the three attributes that I think are crucial to being coachable. One is you, you really cared about excellence. We talked about that a lot. You cared more about the standard of excellence than you being the person who achieved it, which is a really critical distinction, right? It's like the achieving that pinnacle is way more important than I'm the guy who achieves that pinnacle. So that was one. Two is you really were hungry to learn, really hungry to learn. And I saw you continually go through these processes where you know, you're a software engineer, so you're a, you're a hyper-rational, hyper-logical person. And we would go through these bad outcomes and you would say, yeah, okay, got it. I can see how I am in the middle of that bad outcome. And I can see it's because the, I've been thinking about things this way. The way I've been thinking about things is preventing me from getting to excellence. The path to excellence really is 
me getting out of some of these things as opposed to me driving harder, working harder, trying to change who I am. And then the third thing is you're just very goal-oriented. And so we could use specific goals or specific events to actually anchor against and learn against as opposed to just a random series of events that we're hoping sort of come together in a pattern of learning. So I, I thought you were excellent at all three of those things, and it and you progressed very fast as a result, uh, in, including progressing in the middle of Broadway, growing a lot, and and uh, you know going through sale and everything. Like you guys did a lot um, going through coaching while you were in the midst of a lot of change, um, and it was it was really great to work with you. So now, now let's take it to the next step. You know. Broadway was a successful M&A transaction and, and you've gone on to Greener Pastures and I reached out to you a while ago and said, Joshua, I think you would be an amazing clarity coach. Would you be interested? And you said yes and are now in our coaching training. Tell me a little bit about why. Tell me what that leads you to say, yeah, I, th- I think I'd like to try this coaching thing now that I went from the, uh, we don't have money and we don't have time for this. We've got it to like, oh, it's different than I thought. It actually has been very helpful to now I may be good at this and can help others take take me through that journey. Yeah, well, so for, first, thank you for, for, for you know, what I, what I, what I view as a, as a compliment to, you know, I care about being open-minded and thinking scientifically and, and being, you know, trying to get out of myself. Um, so, so first, first, thank you. Thank you for that, that statement. Now, so why, why am I interested in coaching? I think some of it was being so wrong at the beginning, uh, I think led me to realize there's a world out there that actually is very valuable, that actually can help a lot of people, um, including, including my, you know, myself. I saw that it, it had a very big impact on how I approached things. It made me better going, you know, a better, find a better, finding a better way. If you go back to that, that kind of tenant, coaching definitely made me better. So the idea that there's this thing out there that, you know, I could possibly learn how to do or possibly in some ways you know, help others um, achieve. I do think, I guess, I've, I've been reflecting on that question a little bit too. I almost feel like it's, it's a trait of humanity or maybe it's just a trait, trait that, that I particularly closely identify with, which is, you know, if something beneficial happens to me, I want to figure out how to pass it on. I get joy out of that. I don't know why, but you know, something, I found this thing, it was cool. I want to now be able to pass that on. Um, and I, since it was a new perspective, a new way to think about you know, me as an actor in a world, not just doing the actions, because that's kind of your day-to-day, but stepping back a level and thinking about me as the actor uh, and how... I could potentially change that and then and do it better so that, you know, while I was being the actor, I, I could get, you know, greater fulfillment, happiness, have a bigger impact um, on what I cared about. Um, that perspective um, and being able to then teach that perspective to people um, became, you know, it, it was an area of interest. And in some ways, coaching, we're all, we're all kind of, operators in, in large systems, be it the company that we're in or the society we're in, be it our neighbors. And sometimes you feel like the system we're in dictates 
all of our, our actions and our behaviors. Coaching is a way where you kind of learn how to realize that situation and then actually make changes both to your own position, your own way you approach things and what you do, as well as the system around you. And that then ties back to systems thinking and system interaction is part of what got me into computer science to begin with. So that was an area that was of interest to me. And now with coaching, I saw as an opportunity to learn how to apply that in a human domain instead of a silicon and, and wires domain. I hadn't thought of it that way. That is amazingly cool. So one of the things about clarity coaching is you know, we're trying to design and deploy a system that maximizes the probability that we're going to find and unleash human potential. That's that, you know, that's what we're trying to do. We're very oriented towards that system. And one of the key elements of that system, and I just never connected these dots before, um, one of the key elements of that system is very similar to how you think about architecture. Because, you know, in addition to being a chief technology officer, a founder and a chief technology officer, you actually were a systems architect. You thought at the sort of global level about all the different complex transactions that were going to flow through the Broadway systems and what were the optimal sorts of ways to make that happen. And really um, to take that talent of yours, that talent for systems design and a systems um, sort of orientation and apply it to human beings through the lens of coaching is a completely completely natural and understandable extension of like what we do and why we're why we're trying to do it, uh, including the pay it forward aspect of what you just said of like if you have the gift of being able to work at systems level, see design as an element of system, architect designs in order to influence people's beliefs about themselves, show them their blind spots, their strengths and help them create something that they will take them to greater heights. Um, It's so cool to be able to pattern match that off your bits and bytes background, your Silicon background into the human realm. Um, And I just never seen that before. So thank you for sharing that because that is very, very cool. And and that's exactly how I see it. Um, And company building is similar to programming in so many ways. Um, Tyler, my business partner used to, so you can't think about, about people that way. I'm like, but, but I'm not. It's just systems. They're incredibly complex systems. Um, and, and getting the parts designed to interact together and efficiently, um, is, it's a systems problem. So that was definitely one of the things that, that uh, attracted me on both kind of in all three things. Obviously, one is the kind of the basic computer systems building. Two is the company building, and then three is you know coaching um, and and how you know individuals interact in those systems. Yeah, I, the reason I'm so I'm so inspired by what you're saying is I I was just talking to a CEO earlier today, and and we were having sort of the classic this a new relationship, so we're having the classic sort of conversation between hard skills and soft skills. And, and he, he is coming from a point of view of like, listen, I, I want to have a coach. Coaching will be great, whatever. But let's be clear, like the hard thing about business is the hard, the hard skill stuff. Like you got to have the right strategy. You got to have the right amount of capital. You got to have the right go to market and all that stuff. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure if, if this, you know, we have this relationship and it goes well, you're going to understand 
all of those things are difficult because people are difficult. All of those things are, they're not difficult in and of themselves. They're difficult because you have to predict what people will do in a complex, highly variable, unpredictable system and how they're going to respond to different incentives when it's not a rational sort of thing. It's not like a clear input-output. And so in some ways, what you're talking about is taking your systems talent and taking it to a higher level of abstraction because it's a, it's a more complex thing than even a computer system, which is extremely complex, because at least at a binary level, you can sort of structure things to see a, a system in a certain way. But in an analog slash quantum level, it's incredibly difficult, which is where humans play. It's incredibly difficult to see the complexity of the thing and why human beings are doing what they're doing. Why do smart people do dumb things, as an example? It's, it's very tough. And so you've almost taken that, that talent of yours and taken it to a next level of difficulty, um, which to me is so cool. Uh, and again, something that's inspiring, uh, given what you're saying. I guess actually that story that you just told us, you know, reminded me. So one of my preconceptions, um, you know, prior to actually getting into coaching and meeting you was that it was going to be all soft skills and really just teaching me how to be nicer because I'd been criticized for being a little too harsh. So I was like, I don't need to be nicer. <laughs> That's not, you know, not, not what's, what I see as the company needing or myself needing. So that was my preconception. I think through the, the coaching you know, evolution and, and growth, one of the things I realized is it's actually, it's not about being nicer. It's about understanding the, the systems and the humans uh, working in it as a big picture. And that's one of the insights that I got and you gave me from coaching to realize that, that soft skills are, are being nicer. Really, it's about understanding that you want to be able to create something that actually works well with the the players that are, that are involved. Um, and in order to do that, you need to understand how, how they all fit together. Yeah. Well, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Joshua. Um, I mean, it's always great to speak with somebody who I admire and I definitely admire you, but also like just to learn something in the moment is, uh, just really, really gets me. So thank you so much for sharing and for your time. Always great to talk with you, Jeff. Thank you for asking. Um, I had great fun. 